Welcome to Stiefel's Sightlines Podcast, focusing each week on a topic or two important to investors. Well, greetings and welcome to the Sightlines Podcast. This is Michael O'Keefe, Stiefel's Chief Investment Officer. Hey, you know, it's January 2023 and we're still uh, sort of going over our outlook for the year. Recall our, our practice is to kind of focus in on some spotlights uh, through the balance of January. So our third one is covering what we call scenarios and signposts. So let's start with scenarios. Um, you know, basically the way I, I would think about it, and this comes especially as a mathematician and statistician, when we have an outlook, right, our base case, we know that there's some probability that we'll be wrong um, and uh, and that the hitting, especially the exact uh, estimates or the chances of that happening are very low. So the as I've said before, the forecast is is really designed to um, you set a direction, set a tone, and yet we really should challenge ourselves uh, to, to ask the question: What if we're wrong? Like, what are some of the assumptions where, if if they shift, where where are things going to go? And that we sort of push ourselves to create um, usually two scenarios: a negative scenario we call the bear case, and a positive scenario we call the bull case. And by the way, this year we uh, we're describing those as having fat tails. That phrase is used for risk analysis when the uh, sort of worse or better scenarios uh, or possible events have a higher probability of happening. So uh, just to mention that, we've got a 60% probability assigned to our base case, 25% for that negative bear case, and then 15% for bull case. Now let's jump into it. What, what, are, what are the drivers of uh, of these two sort of tail scenarios, the bear and the bull, it really comes down to, and actually the base as well. Really comes down to the um, the path of inflation, Fed policy, and all of that influencing the economy and earnings. And so, in our bear case, for example, that assumes inflation is more sticky than we're expecting and others are expecting, which would lead to the Fed uh, continuing to hike rates and uh, continuing to shift further and further into an increasingly hawkish stance, and that would for sure increase rates further and slow the economy down further, probably turn us, roll us into a recession. That would have an impact on earnings, but more importantly, or as importantly, uh, equity investors would be a bit spooked by that, and we'd see the markets almost certainly uh, trading lower uh, as a result of all that. Now, you can think of the, the bull case anyway as a little bit a mirror image of that. What if inflation cools uh, even more quickly than we're expecting? The Fed can soften its rhetoric and maybe even ease rates, lower rates, and earnings recover, or the economy and earnings recover uh, and hold up and recover faster than expected. The, the anticipation of that, if we start to see a signal of that, and then the fundamentals, meaning better earning, earnings, all of that should lead to markets um, essentially moving higher is our, our expectation in that scenario. And so uh, th- those are the scenarios. And, um, and again, I, I would say we're, we've, evalu- or we've developed anyway the second part of this episode, the idea of signposts for uh, 2023. And these are sort of things we're watching for that should reinforce our, our basic view that we're trying to find balance on, and with that, our base case scenario. But of course, as we hit each of these signposts or not, that may trigger and sort of lead us into one of these other outcomes, bear or bull. So let's go over those scenarios super quickly. Oh, by the way, before I go there, I'll mention as it relates to inflation, we had just recently both the CPI and PPI reports come out for December. 
And uh, the bottom line is they were good reports. Uh, the inflation cooled for sure in December. And I think another thing I, I, we took a quick uh, opportunity to do is we actually calculated three-month rolling averages for inflation, all, all, all the four CPI, PPI numbers. So core CPI, headline CPI, core PPI, headline PPI. And I believe when we look at all three of those um, for the for the fourth quarter, they're all very much improved, and at least three of them are actually operating at, for the quarter right, right around the Fed's annualized 2% uh, target level. So, again, more to come. The Fed would want a much longer trend than that, but that, that so far that's pretty good. Anyway, back to our um, signposts. Let me just walk through them uh, kind of quickly, and I'll, I'll give a brief update on each one. China reopening. So, uh, basically, China was uh, kind of shut down because of a zero-COVID policy, and essentially they've come out and said, hey, we're going to um, reopen um, interestingly, there's also been uh, sort of signals and interaction with the U.S. Um, uh, officials meeting and officials planning to meet. Um, uh, so that's uh, that's a positive. But you know, bottom line is China's kind of coming back, coming back out, if you will, and really pushing to grow its economy, which is a positive. And the next one is the idea of the Fed and market forecasts aligning. Uh, you know, the bottom line is uh, when we look at the SEP report, uh, the Fed's median forecast, so this is just the sampling of all the officials, for the end of 2023 is for the Fed funds rate to be at 5.1%. So round numbers, that's probably, uh, I think, three three quarter point hikes from here. Uh, but regardless, it's it's just a little teeny bit above the market's forecast, which is 4.9. So th- those are actually pretty close. Um, but think of it as, um, you know, wanting to just see a continued alignment between the two. Um, next up is confidence, the idea of consumer confidence troughing, kind of hitting a bottom. And we'll watch a lot of data for that. One preliminary uh, reading from the University of Michigan on consumer sentiment actually sort of signaled that. It rose to 64.6 in January from 59.7 at the end of last year. And that, that's a nice little bump. But, of course, we want to watch for trends and see other data related data points and see if they're if we're seeing the same thing shelter cost stabilizing so shelter the idea of rents going up for example has been a a major contributor to -to month-to-month cpi and the therefore the year-to-year cpi and um, it's a bit more sticky than many other components of inflation so it's expected as we make our way through the year for a, a shelter to stabilize but we'll have to wait to see if that actually happens Next up is wage growth. The idea with wage growth is that, you know, the more uh, individuals get paid, the more they're going to feel good about spending, the more they're going to demand goods and services. That excess or increased demand is a, is a pressure, an upward pressure on inflation. So, we're, and to give you a sense from, um, from uh, with the, of the data, um, basically wage growth uh, fell to 4.6%. Uh, yearly basis uh, in December uh, from, I think it was a peak, a rough peak um, in August at 5.2. But these, both those numbers are elevated relative to pre-pandemic levels that we're just at or maybe slightly above 3%. So I don't know that we have to get all the way back to that 3% level, but seeing wage growth slow will be good. Uh, Next up, labor uh, moving closer to equilibrium. Right now there's 1.8 jobs uh, open for each person who's unemployed. So there's more uh, demand for jobs than there are 
workers to fill them. And that's one of the contributors, therefore, to higher wages. Employers have to increase comp to attract people. So, you know, we're looking for that to, uh, to move close, you know, sort of soften and move closer to equilibrium. All of that would sort of lead us to seeing signs of the potential for earnings improvement. So that right now the estimate for fourth quarter, and we're in the middle of earnings season right now, is for fourth quarter earnings to actually decline almost 4%. And so obviously we don't want to see that continue. And, and so we'll be watching earnings releases this quarter, next quarter, and watching the data, et cetera, the forecasts that come out. Uh, and what we're watching for, among other things, are just um, incrementally more positive information. Could be in the numbers, could be in the sentiment that we hear from le- leadership and businesses in terms of their views looking forward. And then finally, I mentioned China and the kind of the idea of some increased interaction with U.S. officials. Uh, we view that as positive, right? It's better to have conversation than have tension and act on tension. Uh, that's an example, anyway, of our last signpost, which is geopolitical hotspots cooling. Um, so that that's a big one, right? What's going on in Asia, especially, especially with China and the the relationship between China and the U.S. and China and the world. But then, of course, the on everyone's mind continues to be the Russia-Ukraine war. And while it feels like it's still going to take time, it, it would be obviously very well received if we ended up seeing a path to a peaceful resolution to that situation. Anyway, so those are the signposts. And just to sort of wrap here, I would just say that, you know, we're, we're now moving to sort of the phase with our outlook where we sort of set the stage for what we think is going to unfold and we start to monitor where we think things are going. So this was sort of the very early but first uh, update in terms of episodes on that kind of thinking. We really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to listen Uh, to this episode and our podcast uh, series more generally. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Thanks again for listening to Stiefel's Sightlines. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to automatically receive each week's podcast in your feed.